Hi, welcome to The Guinea Pig. I'm Dr. Mariam Zamani, an oculoplastic surgeon and aesthetic doctor. And I'm Fiona Golfer, a writer and journalist. I'm no stranger to a cosmetic procedure, and I'm willing to try pretty much anything. Which is why I'm here, to make sure Fiona and anyone else that's out there considering a treatment to help make a better informed decision safely and to try and collect as much information as they can. Every fortnight, this podcast comes to you from Mariam's Clinic in Chelsea. If you're looking for an honest, no-holds-barred approach to invasive and non-invasive cosmetic surgery, then the guinea pig is here to help you. After Fiona told us about her battle with varicose vein, we're dedicating this episode to the subject, and I think you have provided us with a rather special guest today. I'm lucky enough to have my own personal vein specialist in the form of Professor Mark Whiteley, who's come here to talk to us about veins. We will no doubt cover a lot of ground. If you have to have blood flowing from your toes to your heart, then anywhere between the toes and the heart can actually lose valves and you can get varicose veins. We all know this happens because we all know children, boys, get varicose veins around their testicle. It's called a varicocele. And every urologist or medical student knows that. But when a girl says she has pain in her pelvis and she has pelvic congestion syndrome, doctors don't diagnose it in the UK. They say it must be endometriosis. They don't know you can get varicose veins in the pelvis. It's the same vein. How do you diagnose a varicose vein? The, the diagnosis starts with, first of all, the patient telling you they've got the symptoms of pelvic congestion syndrome. So that is in women, and sometimes you can see the varicose veins on the inside of the thigh at the top. Sometimes you see vulval varicose veins or vaginal varicose veins. Those things often midwives say, oh, they're normal, but they're not. That, that's a sign of pelvic congestion. Very, very commonly, you get discomfort. So you can get pain in the hip, pain in the back, pain on sexual intercourse called deep dyspareunia, get irritable bowel, irritable bladder. And one in five women who have leg varicose veins actually have pelvic varicose veins causing them. And one of the reasons that women think that varicose veins always come back after treatment is that traditional vascular surgeons don't check for them. So one in five women get the wrong operation because they're only having their legs treated. There's been one of the biggest changes in venous surgery in the last 20 years. And because we don't have many venous experts in the UK, we just have these arterial surgeons doing veins. They don't go to the meetings, they don't hear about it, and therefore this hasn't really come into the UK, even though a third of all women with chronic pelvic pain have it due to veins. I'd like to get back to me because I'm my favourite subject. And, um, <laughs> and You're talk, everybody's favourite subject. I'm just you my know? favourite subject. The, the, the reason I met the lovely Mark was that I was at the seaside a couple of summers ago, and as I was walking down the path, my husband said, have you seen what's going on on the back of your legs? And I said, well, obviously, I haven't seen what's going on in the back of my He said, well, you've got snakes, you know, running down the back of your legs. So I got home and I did some swiveling in front of a mirror, sort of trying to flip myself over backwards and found some very nice, juicy um, veins. The only person who's ever been happy to see them, I think, was Mark. <laughs> if you touch a vein under the heart without doing a duplex ultrasound, you're mad because you're likely to get it wrong. So if you look at women with thread veins on their leg spider veins and you scan them, 89% have hidden varicose veins underneath. So if they go to cosmetic doctors and they're having them injected or lasered or anything, they come back. Not only come back, but they can also make them worse and cause problems. So the first thing, the first answer is if it's under the heart, you don't touch a vein unless you have a duplex ultrasound scan performed by a vascular technologist who specializes in veins. 
A lot of my patients come in for hand rejuvenation, and one of the biggest factors there are uh, the veins that are visible on the hands. I have seen a lot of your work from patients who've come in then to have other treatments done. What do you do for just general hand rejuvenation? Uh, it's a fascinating question because there's a whole new branch of phlebology that's starting called aesthetic phlebology, and it's basically the veins that are not medically going wrong, so facial veins, breast veins, chest veins, arm veins, and hand veins. And this whole area at the moment nobody's got the perfect way forward for them what i would always say is most of the people who have bad hand veins actually have lost volume in the back of their hand and my first advice always is to use a filler and to actually get that hand full first and nine times out of ten they need nothing doing to their veins at all and that episode of the guinea pig will be available in full in a week's time on all major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Acast. The Guinea Pig provides unbiased information to those who may be considering cosmetic surgery or even trialling a non-invasive treatment or product. We do not endorse the use of any product or procedure featured in this podcast and are not responsible for the outcome of any of the treatments featured on this podcast or damage caused in connection with any treatments or products. Should you decide to try any of the procedures, treatments or products mentioned in any episode of The Guinea Pig, you do so at your own risk. Always consult an independent and fully qualified medical professional if you are considering embarking on a medical procedure, irrespective of whether it's an invasive or non-invasive procedure.